Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. My name's Gordon Smart. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Podcast. We had a busy show again today, Charlie Boy. Always busy, isn't it? Two Plenty marks. of guests. Two marks we had. Oh, Mark Crossley. Ah, yes, not not about one of your sports quizzes that you failed miserably. Mark Crossley, known as Big Norm, not a forest keeper. Yeah. We learned 500 and odd appearances, didn't he? And uh, Mark King, the bass player from level 42. 42. Don't get the two mixed up. You don't. And you made a great joke about Mark King. It's the most commonly named pop star in the 18 yard box. Who's marking Mark King? Who's marking Mark King? King? Every single pop football festival ever. Who's yeah. marking Mark King at corners? He's always on, Charlie Baker. <laughs> we also had a man who's had 71 seasons. As an umpire. Yeah, he was lovely, wasn't Keith he? Keith Dibb. Keith He's was 86 brilliant. years old now, and he was a brilliant guest, wasn't he, Charlie? He was. He was indeed. Brilliant. And we went down to your neck of the woods as well, didn't we? Taunton Town, they've just won the Southern League Premier South 21-22, and they had their corner flag nicked, and we found out all about it. Yeah, listening to this, is the H&G Podcast with Gordon Smart and... Charlie Baker. Gordon Smart here with the Diet Max Rushton, Charlie Baker. Wow. Lovely. Oh, hey, Charlie. Oh, nice. The Diet Max Rushton. Do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> the only time me and Diet have been put in the same <laughs> sentence for a while. Gordon. I should say, if you are tuned in to listen to H&J, the good news is they'll be back in three days. But if you've been enjoying our little stand-in session, you've got another three days of our company to go. Three shows to go, Charlie. Lovely boy. stuff. Lovely stuff. Looking forward to it. I was loving the football last night, oh. Charlie. I, I, you know, I lived down in London, away from the family, so oh, I had yeah. that beautiful so you just moment. put the Scottish accent on, do you? Yeah, I just pretend. Not I even Scottish. Uh, yeah. Actually from Kentish Town. Like DS Arnott and Line of Duty. Yes. Secret Scotsman. But I had the uh, Real Madrid-Man City game on the phone. Yeah. I had Nottingham Forest on the laptop. I did the same thing. I did the yeah. same thing, yeah. And yeah. just out my window, there were billboards with loads of pictures of Piers Morgan, which distracted me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know Which what? one would you want to turn off first? There's that's, the, you know, that's, that's up to you. Not texter, this week. You know, not a texter, <laughs> is it? I, am, I, of course, had the commentary on Talk Sport, though, because yeah. I'm a company man, Gordon. You are. So You've got uh, a tattoo and everything, haven't exactly. you? Exactly. The whole thing. I've got a tattoo that says, Powered by fans across my chest. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. Eight, eight, ten, eighty-nine. I'm much the same, Charlie. I don't know if you know this, but I was grown in a lab by Jim White, Alan Brazil, and uh, Ali McCoy. Were you? I was the perfect talk sport host. I say a lab. It was a pub. Oh, well, um, that's what. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do you know when at the end of the day in the pub and they empty out all the trays and that's what's that's what I came from. That's where. Oh, I'm from. how nice! Like, how nice! Eighty I like, shillings. I like those Scottish pubs that, that you can't see in them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not the ones. <laughs> the, there's no windows. Just like sort of wooden. 
here. Or wooden box. I remember like, going to Do one. not go in. I went to see Hibs play Greenock Morton at Capolo and we went to a place called Port Glasgow. Yeah. And we went to a pub that was a concrete bunker. <laughs> it didn't have any. It didn't even pretend to have windows. No. <laughs> it's a concrete bunker. Yeah, here's a drink. Day. It was a That's scary it. day. It was a scary day. Yes. So yes, Charlie, you did much the same, did you? I did. I watched. I watched. Um, I had Fulham v Nottingham Forest on the big screen. Yeah. And because uh, I get BT Sport on my phone contract, I had the Real Madrid Man mm. City game on my phone and I quickly just started watching the Real Madrid Man City game because it was a phenomenal what a match what a game of football everything you want in a football match and the thing for me is the consistency in that and the performances yeah. every time they take the field it's magical isn't it to watch and Real Madrid they don't seem to be doing much but they do not give up do they yeah and they play this beautiful football and they do not give up they just keep coming and keep coming and Benzema is on fire and that penalty yeah that penalty in that situation, you were saying he missed his last two, is that right? He missed two against Osasuna, didn't he? So yeah. to think about how cold the blood in his veins yeah. was to have the ball to do that. Yeah. And had it gone wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, despite the fact that he might win the Ballon d'Or, your fans aren't going to be happy if you try Panenka when you're behind, no. away from home in Europe. It can go swiftly wrong, though, can't it? It can. It can go it swiftly can. wrong if, we'll, he, if he'd got that wrong. And that was maybe the idea for the text. Is to yes. Be, has there been a moment in your life where you decided to show off <laughs> and it backfired? Did you try a Panenka? Or maybe some other walk of life. It doesn't have to be football-related. You tried to show off and the pride came before the fall. Yeah. Well, if you are a massive show-off, then it yes. happens a lot in your life and you just get used to it so you don't mind it anymore. So, but, Charlie... Yeah, no, I'm just trying... And then and now I'm saying, oh, I'm sure I've showed off a lot. And then, yeah. you know... Oh, I know what it was. I was once... I had a brand-new suit and I felt a million dollars in this suit yeah. and I wore it to a, a cousin's wedding and I had a couple and I started... Um, I had, had a few pints and then I started uh, Cossack dancing as the <laughs> evening went on. Of course you did. And, of course, the brand-new suit, the yeah. trousers... Yeah. Just a wide open yeah. uh, bottom of my trousers yes. for the rest of the a evening. chasm. A chasm. <laughs> Let's call it a chasm. You've seen it. It's a chasm, yeah. I, so. I called you the diet, uh, Max Rushton, <laughs> earlier on. Might have to be the full fat Charlie I think Baker. it's an, an, an inflatable Max Rushton. That'd be nice. Inflatable. Yeah, be, so, yeah. That's a good example. I remember it happening in football, semi-final of the Scottish Cup, the year Hibs won for the first time in 114 years, our striker Jason Cummings tried the Penenka. Mm-hmm. And missed. Ooh. I think it's the angriest I've ever been at a football game as well. Okay, because you just that opportunity to change, you know, to create history. Just take it. No, none of this skippy run-up nonsense. No, no penenkas. Just put your laces through it and put everybody at ease in the semi-final. No, penenka did. I mean, a missed penalty is annoying at the best of yep. times, isn't it? But yep. a missed penalty because you've tried to be cheeky. Yeah. Is is only annoying. What about the David Dunn clip that plays over and oh, over yeah. again? Well, the Rabona, little, little Rabona around the back there. Yeah, that's a lovely one, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely but ironic. I, I'm sure people will have done it. The best on you've been framed, don't it? You've been framed. Yeah. You want, the best ones are dads showing off at a wedding, yeah. standing on a table, juggling kids, you know, and then, <laughs> or something, you know, and then they just yeah. f- fall off the table. Yeah. You know, everybody's injured. They're the best They're you've the been best. I've done that. I remember being about 12 on holiday when I was a little boy and there were a group of, I think, French girls. I thought, I'm going to show off to these girls. Oh, I was trying to jump between pillars in a swimming pool, thinking, this will look great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nearly killed myself. With a stepping stones. <laughs> stepping stones. Jumped from one to the other, slipped, landed on my back. Ended up in the water, couldn't breathe. Terrible thing, had to be pulled out of the pool. Did you? Yeah, awful, awful experience, Charlie. For, for you, for, for, ev- for everyone else. Brilliant experience. Well, look at that. this idiot. Particularly my older brother. 
Yeah, it's a real, oh, a real yeah, gift to an older that. brother, yeah, that yeah, isn't yeah, it? That's beautiful. So because he's also nothing to do with it. Nothing to do. He's with done it. it. You've done it yourself. Just yeah, loving every second. Of my Eight ten eighty nine. When did you show off and when did it go wrong? Yep. Beautiful. Showing off, backfiring. Eight ten eighty nine. T S H and J on Twitter. If that's how you'd like to get in touch. And also with us. later on, we've got the uh, the I think it's the world. He's the Britain's oldest cricket umpire. On a bit later on, Keith Dibbs going to join us. Well, he's got to be close to being the world's oldest, doesn't he? Must be. I mean, to find out who the one in the world is, but he's Britain's at least. Um, I had to to uh, umpire on Sunday. First time I played for this team that I played yep. for on Sunday, I umpired, and I had to give someone out LBW, <laughs> which is not a good first impression. Had you practised your action for that moment? Well, I, you, <laughs> to be honest, village cricket, you, do, you basically do not give people out LBW, but right. this was so plum. Yep. And even the batsman looked at me and went, I'm 100% out. So, But I thought, when did you make a bad first impression? Oh, that's good. It's good for us, especially yeah. in a sporting context. You know, We're yeah. playing five-a-side together tomorrow night, you yes. know, and I am going to pull out all the box of tricks that I've got yeah. just to try and impress you, that's Gordon, great. on the pitch tomorrow night. So there may be yeah. some bad first impressions tomorrow. When did you make a bad, bad first, first impression? impression? That's a great. I remember once doing work experience at a newspaper in Edinburgh, and I was taken by an older reporter for a... A pint, you know, yes. a pint. So three pints later of yeah, okay. enamel stripping Czechoslovakian lager. <laughs> I was told that I was to go and interview the new Japanese ambassador to Edinburgh. Oh, no. And he didn't speak a word of English. My Japanese isn't great. There was a translator there and there was a ceremonial greeting where he was kind of welcomed into the room with flags and stuff. And yeah. I, I was leathered, Charlie. I'm not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> 20 years old, leathered, you know, gently under my breath, belching out this lager. Yeah. And all I could think of asking him was about sumo wrestling at oh, the Edinburgh right. Festival well that's alright it's not Charlie it's not, no, is it not it's, an, ba- it's not good Charlie it's not good that's all you had in your locker no it's all I had <laughs> it's, it's awful sayonara oh dear what a bad first impression that there was so bad first impressions 8, 10, 89 and also uh, when did you show off preferably in a sporting context but you know what if you've got any other good stories let us know that'll be pride magic. before a fall yeah, which is perfect. probably the perfect tagline perfect. for this story all of that coming up on H&J on TalkSport the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. After I scored a hat-trick, I went into full Ketspire mode, but struggled with my right boot and ended up kneeing myself in the face and breaking my own nose. Darren, the West Brom fan, yeah. showing off. That was it, pride before the fall, that's exactly. what we were asking after, wasn't it? Well done, it? Darren. A time you tried to show off and you've fully embarrassed yourself. Um, yeah, there's quite a few in here. Uh, Paul Powell said, after night out back at a girl's flat, like a performing monkey, I started walking on my hands, crashed Ooh. straight through her glass coffee table. Ooh. Well done, Paul Powell. Well, well done, done, Paul Powell there. Yeah, don't want to make any judgments on the picture of Paul Powell there, but I can imagine I'm doing that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we also, when did you make a when did you make a bad first impression? This is from Jeffers. Don't know if it's Franny Jeffers. I don't think so. The fox in the box. Once played village cricket as a favour to someone, had to borrow a bat. Hit 48 before I was out. However, one of the monstrous sixes I hit put the windscreen through of the guy who lent me the bat. <laughs> lovely. Isn't that That's lovely? That's great, isn't it? That's Good great stuff, work. Jeffers. Well, you mentioned village cricket there. I know. Which was deliberate, was it, Charlie? Almost deliberate. Imagine that. It's like it's planned, this show, isn't it? Well, Charlie, let me read to you the first couple of paragraphs of a story that made the papers this week, yes, which please. I know really piqued your interest. Many men starting their third decade in retirement might seek a more sedentary hobby than standing at a wicket for six hours at a stretch. Not Keith Dibb. Not Keith Dibb. Not Keith Dibb. The former salesman, who's now 86, is returning to the cricket pitch as umpire for his 71st season. 71st season in a career that's included fending off pitch invasions from cows <laughs> and enduring the wrath of his fellow umpire Dickie Bird for declaring him out. So, Charlie, what do we do on an H&J show when a story like this appears in the paper? We find Keith Dibb and we get him on the show. We hunted Keith Dibb down, we got him on the phone and he joins us right now. The legend that is Keith Dibb, welcome to TalkSport. How are you, Keith? Hey, Keith. Yes, uh, thank you very much for inviting me to such a special occasion. I feel, feel very privileged and honoured. Thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Well, he already sounds like an ambassador and a diplomat, a man that you Brilliant. want to represent cricket here. Uh, but Keith, when did you lose your temper most spectacularly in those 71 seasons? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I suppose really uh, when somebody abused you, but um, I always dealt with it because at six foot four and a half, most people have to look up to me. Yeah. And they all thought I was an ex-policeman anyway, so I'd have liked to have made an arrest, but I, of course I couldn't. <laughs> with with Sunday cricket and Saturday cricket, a lot of the time it's people look forward to it all week, don't they? All week they're dreaming of 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 that their time out in the square, and it's pretty unique cricket that you can be out first ball and then that's it for the day. Um, so how how do you deal with people's disappointment when 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 you have to give them out first ball, Keith? Well, I don't have to give them out first ball. They got themselves out because if they don't move their feet for the famous LBW, yes. it's up to them. But then again, they can redeem themselves by coming on to bowl and getting, say, five wickets or they could get the Man of the Match award for fielding. Of course, yeah. yeah so it's a team game. That's what it's all about. Keith, Keith, I sense from your accent that you might be a Yorkshireman. Is it, are you from Leeds? Is that right? Well, I was born in Harrogate, which is very posh. Oh, yeah, Harrogate. very posh, Harrogate. Yeah, get oh, out of the bath yeah. to have a wee there, don't they, Keith? And everything is... <laughs> we only have the gas works. <laughs> how, how important is it, do you think, to have that... You've got the stature of six foot four, but also the Yorkshire accent as an mm. umpire. Does that help you with a little bit of authority when you're, when you're being an umpire? I don't want to feel as I'm authority because what I do is any situations that come up, like last week's first match, somebody ran down the wicket. Well, I could have been turned around and said, well, under a section so-and-so, mm. um, I'm giving you a warning. 
But what I usually do is walk down to where they've run and turn around and say, look, this bit belongs to me. And they usually apologise and they don't do it again. So you've got to deal with people, a bit like a policeman, mm. but politely. And that's where I get the awards that come along. Oh, lovely. And, and are, you, do you, are you a gun for hire, Keith? Do you, do you umpire for anyone who, who gives you a call first? Or do you have a, do you have a, a normal team? How does it work? Well, I, I actually umpire for the Dales Council, which is a grassroots league in Yorkshire. So if you're thinking of starting a, a, a team in Yorkshire, the best thing to do is join us because mm. we are the grassroots. And uh, we've got people last week playing 13, 14 and 15, which is great. Yeah, fantastic. Whereas they couldn't play in the Yorkshire League or obviously the Bradford League because it's too high a section. Yeah. So uh, we are a lower down one, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's the same rules, the same game. Yeah. And I was called up a week before the season started by the Bradford League. Well, to get into the Bradford League 10 years ago, you needed a CV. But uh, they rang me up because I knew they were desperate. (laughs) (laughs) If you you need me, you're desperate. And I've umpired for the Airwolf. And I've been been around, you know, helping out. I help out as well. I'm not, uh, you know... No, yeah. Dominant. Keith, you've taught us up more than a thousand matches, right? You must have seen some talent, some terrible talent as well. Is is there one player that really stood out in your time that you can recall a moment where you thought, he's a player? Well, I mean, I I went to Barbados on holiday and uh, I got called up to umpire in Barbados because uh, Warwickshire County Cricket Club uh, got let down by their umpire. And so they asked me if I'd stand in. So I said, yes, you know, to help you out, you know, a good Yorkshireman, true. And uh, the first person I met was Gordon Greenwich because they were picked to play Barbados and he was captain. And he came and shook hands with me and we went to the toss-up and it was 82 degrees. And he said, we want drinks every 10 overs for the boys. And then he got 103 not out and he came down the wicket, shook hands with me and said, I'm retiring out umpire. Thank you very much. Fantastic. I mean, that was a fantastic occasion because we'd left Gatwick three days before (laughs) at plus two degrees. Yeah, of course, you're there, beautiful on holiday, and then you called up to umpire. What I always like to ask umpires who do it regularly is, so you've got to count to six, obviously, a yes. lot. Yes. Do you, and I, I know people have special stones or pound coins or old coins that they use. Do you have, do you have anything special that you use, Keith? Well, in uh, 1952, I started with pebbles. Oh, yeah. And then I upgraded to pennies. And, of course, now I have the official recommended ACOECB counter. Oh, there's a counter so, now. Is there a clicker or something, is it? There's a clicker, yes. So when you go past me, I click. Oh, <laughs> that's like me, after I've played five a side. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, in, in your time, did anybody ever try and cross your palm with silver? Or did anything mischievous oh, like that happen? Does that happen in, in, in the game? Not I Keith, not so. Keith. No, I mean, obviously, I've been offered a bribe, a, a brown envelope, but... I didn't well. I I didn't accept it, and it wasn't offered in the end. But you've always got to be careful what does happen with the game, because some people must win at all costs. And I like the best team to win. Never mind all these interruptions. Yeah, and how is the BMW Seven Series running these days? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving beautifully, isn't it? I started, I started off going round on a push bike, getting getting matches and fixtures. Yeah. In the the old days, when I was with Hawkesworth Cricket Club. On the edge of Ilkley Moor we played. Oh, yeah. So we're in a field with cows. Yeah. 
And you can't get more friendly than cows. No, good fielders. Um, do you, do you, did you ever play, Keith? Oh, yes, I was a player. I was the opening bowler. And because of being the opening bowler, I wasn't liked to open the batting. Ah. So I had to go in at number 11. But before we went into bat, I had to put the coat on. So I wore a white coat from 1952. Goodness me, lovely stuff. Oh, Keith, I'm just listening to you here, and I just hear an honourable guy, a, a, yeah, a gentleman. I could listen to it all day. But a formidable, honourable man. But I'm reading here, right? He oh, got okay. his first taste of test cricket when he was 14, and he sneaked into Headingley. So I, Don I didn't sneak in, I walked in. Ah, I was a <laughs> I journalist. The grass. <laughs> yeah. And I walked, I saw Len Hutton walk out and bat with, um, Len Hutton was batting with, come on now, my mind's going now, I'm talking too long. Len Hutton opened the batting. Right. With okay. the Lancashire man. Come oh. on, you remember. Oh, come on, you, re- you remember. Oh, you listen to Gordon? Thanks, Charlie. Freddie Flintoff. <laughs> Keith, we don't no, need the name for no, the. For, it's a great story. We don't need the name. You carry on. You saw, and you watched him bat. Yes, and he got. And of course, Don Bradman came in and got about 157, and uh, the, it was absolutely packed at Headingley. There were people stood on the walls and everywhere, and I was sat on the grass. So it was a great day. Great, great day stuff. it was. Mm. And Keith, you know, work is uh, work at Headingley as a as a guide. Is that right? Well, I have helped with the, they have a, a well, you must come up to Headingley sometime mm. and uh, go around our museum because we've got the whole history of Yorkshire there. And obviously, uh, last year I did help a lit by showing people around that wanted to see this new stadium and everything. But what they wanted to do is put me in the museum and stuff me and put me in the corner. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Keith, we've got to thank you very much. And from everybody at TalkSport, we're going to wish you well in your yeah, 71st season. That's a remarkable achievement. Thank Brilliant you. stuff, Keith. And keep it going, eh? Yes, well, keep in touch with me, won't you? And I might invite you to Headingley one day. OK, Keith, that would be lovely. OK, That'd Charlie's lovely. embarking on a career as a, as a youthful umpire. Maybe we could pick up some tips from you. Not only an umpire. Oh, we don't know it all, even at my age. <laughs> there, <laughs> there anyway, nice talking to you all, and thank you very much for the privilege of talking on the on the programme. Well, you've been lovely. to you all. Thanks, thank Keith. You. Good afternoon. Bye. Bye. Well, a lovely fella. Keith Dibb there, 86 years old, in his 71st season in a career that's seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, wonderful. wonderful. What a Dan character. Millen's been on. Good listen to Keith all day we all could i think okay. keith should write a book do the audio book do the lot yeah an evening with keith Deb. Oh, beautiful the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport good afternoon you are listening to talk sport gordon smart here with charlie baker in for h and j cyril washbrook <laughs> go for it you've answered the question it was cyril washbrook we've had a lot of people get in touch thank you very much we just had keith Deb on who's wondering who the player was yep. that they'd uh, len hutton opened with in 1948 it was Cyril Washbrook. It was on the tip of much. your tongue, wasn't it, Charlie? I, what are you doing on TalkSport if you don't know who opened with Len Hutton in 1948? Yeah, Gordon. there should be a fit and proper test for exactly. presenters on TalkSport. I would have failed on that one. So I'd like to apologise to everybody who's offended by that lack of knowledge. Uh, there we are. And Laura in Liverpool has said, fun up here in lovely sunny Scotland, listening to Keith speaking in my garden, eating my lunch. Honestly, what a lovely man. Could listen to him all afternoon. It was a huge hit, wasn't he, Gordon? Listen, but let's move on. Well, no, Keith Dibbett, 86, could be making a start in TalkSport as the new exactly, drive yeah. time presenter. Exactly. I loved Keith Really Dibbett. going in on the callers. It what was. do you know, you idiot? I don't know. He was great. <laughs> Keith Dibb, congratulations again for his 71st year in cricket. Right, we've got another guest now, Charlie Baker. Um, 71 seasons as a footballer, oh, roughly. Brilliant. He had a long career, didn't he, One Mark One of my favourites, he's brilliant. Here he is, former Forest keeper, Mark Crossley. How are you doing, Mark? I'm very good, thanks. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Charlie. Yeah, good, thanks. Really good. How many t- how many appearances did you have in your career, Mark? 
563, I think, and 393 of them were at Nottingham Forest. And how many clean sheets, Mark? Oh, go on. Oh, 563. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Brilliant. Why I'm not, not sure. I'm not sure. My target each season used to be 16, so if I achieved that, I knew that the team would, would have a pretty good season. Clean sheet for Forest last night, though, wasn't it? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I was on I was on edge last night, I must admit, but early goal and then hanging on at the end, but what a result. Yeah, unbelievable. Mark, what a season, right? The club recorded their worst start to a season for over a century. Let's not forget that. One point in the first seven games, 15 points adrift to Fulham in mid-September. And I'm looking at the table here. Goal difference is looking great. Three points behind Bournemouth. Everybody loves Steve Cooper all of a sudden. I saw a best man speech the other day when the whole thing was about yeah. Steve Cooper. <laughs> oh, really? was How like, good was that? That was brilliant, wasn't yeah. it? Did you see that? They all started singing Steve Cooper's name. If you're a Forest fan, this is a magical time, right? It is. And and that's what I still am. Um I still know loads of people in the city and the buzz there at the moment is it's very, very difficult to explain what's going on and, and the buzz around the city. So, and it's all down to Stevie Cooper, what he's achieved uh, in his short time at the club so far. It's mm. just been unbelievable. Mark, one one point from the first seven games and then you talk, you're you talking relegation. Everybody's saying this team's getting relegated. And I was one of them, yeah. I have to admit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're talking about automatic promotion yeah. to the Premier League. What is the magic Weird. dust that Steve Cooper's got then? What's the difference that he's got over a Chris Hutton or somebody else that's been in that position at the club? What's he done? Well, I think his pedigree speaks for itself. You know, World Cup with England in the 17s. And he's, I know that he's shadowed Brendan Rodgers for a lot of years as well and learned from him. So, what? But what he has done, speaking to people in the city, he's embraced the Clough era, uh-huh. which was very, very successful. He's embraced it. He's not pushed it to one side. He, he wants to emulate what Brian Clough achieved. And he's got the community and the fans. He lives in the city centre. He walks the streets. He speaks to people. It's important for a success at a football club. And Brian Clough always used to say, the most important people are the people that clean your kit and cook your meals and he knows them all by their first names. It's so important in, in breeding successes at a football club, and, and that's exactly what he's done. And, and he's also, he seems to have got his message across quickly, clearly, succinctly. Players seem to know their jobs, and the way they play football is exciting as well. Well, that's it. I never even mentioned the players uh, just a few seconds ago, but I always transform them players and... They're not. They're not a lot different from when he come to the club. There's a couple of lone players, but not a lot of difference in in playing staff. Uh, but you can just see. I've been to a few games, and you can just see that in the way that he has them working and and playing together, and they're all on board. They all work very very hard. And you know, if you've got a, a team of players that work work hard and will run through a brick wall for you, you've got a chance. Simple as that. Watching him celebrate last night was something special as well. You can see how much it means to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him bust through those police people. Yeah, that goes through to the fans, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? You mentioned uh, Brian Clough there, right? And Charlie and I were talking about Roy Keane quite a lot yesterday. And I wonder if you could shed any light on the story, whether it's true or not. But I'd heard that the person that was looking after him in Diggs had phoned Brian Clough and said, look, I'm a little bit worried about this Irish fella you've signed. He's painted his bedroom black. <laughs> <laughs> and the wind- Have you ever heard that story? And is it true? 
It, well, there was a sto- there was a player called Charlie Murray, a Scottish player, where that where that happened. No. Uh, I'm not sure it was Keeney because Keeney uh, never lived in the digs. But he, um, the the one story that is true with Roy is that we played Crystal Palace in the cup game at home, and he gave me a short back pass, <laughs> and I miskicked it, and John Salako then chipped me from the halfway line, uh, which took the game to a replay, three three in the last minute, and. Cluffy was waiting in the dressing room for Keeney coming off the pitch because Roy was always the first one in the dressing room after a game. He'd sprint off the pitch. Uh, but the gaffer was hiding behind the door and he out his steps and punches in, in the stomach and says, don't ever pass the ball back to my goalkeeper, young man. <laughs> and, and he punched him. It, it was actually my fault. And, uh, but he punched Keeney and I think that was just a way of letting him know I'm the gaffer. And you do as I say. Wow. But yeah, Keeney yeah. was brilliant. Keeney was brilliant. Yeah, what a player. Mark, it's been 20, yeah. 23 years, right, since yeah. you were in that top flight. Could, can you imagine yourself going up and getting yourself back and watching those games and being in the stands yourself as a fan? Is it something you can see happening now? I can, because I'm watching the way the team are playing and and the belief that they have and the belief that Steve Cooper's actually put into... Not only the players, but the fans. They're sold out. You can't get a ticket now, which is great. So, three games to go. They win all three. They're in the Premier League. Yep. And that's the yeah. way. And what the way that I think Steve will be looking to say, look, right, we've got automatic uh, playoff now. We're in the playoffs. We didn't expect to be there. Go out now. Last three games. You win all three. You're in the Premier League. If that's not an incentive, yeah. then I don't know what is. But never mind that as well, Mark. You know, there's a good chance of finishing second here, isn't there? If you look at the fixtures, what have you got? Swansea at home, Bournemouth away, massive game. Hull away, and Bournemouth have got Blackburn away. And listen, Blackburn are still in amongst it, trying to get into the playoffs. And Millwall yeah. are looking really strong as well, aren't they? So, yeah. listen, by no means an easy run in for Bournemouth. It's all to play for for Forest. It's just a brilliant end to the season. It's it's just what you know. It, it's so exciting. You can't wait for the next game. You know, I'm certainly looking forward to the game against Bournemouth. But you know, there's there's other games to be played before it. So I think you have to go into it as a as a Forest player and think and 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 a Forest fan that we win all three games. We're in the Premier League. So like I say. You've just got to go for it. But last night's performance was was really good because they scored early on and then they're hanging on and they showed that they can be resilient in Mm. defence as well. So, you know, if you can go to Bournemouth and nick an early goal, they're hard to break down as well. So, yeah, I'm really excited. It's all positive and and it's great news and I'm really looking forward to what's in, in... going to happen in the rest of the season I can't wait for the games to come along to be honest Yeah I think the cut run will help with that pressure with dealing with that pressure won't it but also having hard teams hard games is still something to play for it it, it will keep these players honest won't it Mark? Well what I think I'm looking at it now and I think the pressure's on Bournemouth I have to say because they've been up there all the season they've been up in second place looking like they're going to get automatic promotion at one stage maybe winning the championship Mm. and then all of a sudden the nerves are starting to set in and you've got a team coming from nowhere that are full of confidence and they will definitely be looking over their, over their shoulders thinking, oh God, we don't really want to be playing Forest at this point of the season now because of the way that they're playing. So for me, the pressure's on Bournemouth because they've been up there and Forest, no pressure because they've 
actually achieved more than what everyone expected after them seven games. Excellent stuff, Mark. So much to play for. Really exciting times there. Is Mark Crossley? We were 500 appearances as a top flight goalkeeper. So thank you for that, Mark. Cheers. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Top man. And also a bright career, if you want it, doing Brian Clough impressions. It was outstanding, wasn't it? David Chorley says, superb after dinner speaker and a wonderful advocate for mental health. That's Mark Crossley, big norm. Top man, top man. Mark Crossley there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Charlie, can we talk about the thing that you mentioned at the start of the show where you said bad first impressions? Oh, yeah. We've got so many. And they actually stick with the other idea we had about, um, how did we describe it? It was pride before a fall, wasn't it? But you just try and show off. And you we're trying to show fun. off. We've got we've got loads of those. People so, have been texting in on eight ten eighty nine at T S H and J and it's a great at talk sport. A great story here already that combines both of them really, right? Yeah, Let me tell on, you then. this story here. So in twenty ten, I was on a first date with my now fiance in Manchester where we met at university. Mm-hmm. I'm a netball player and whilst at the local bowling alley brackets, arcade section, important detail. Okay, yeah. I saw James Milner having a go at the basketball game. I decided here's my chance to show my netballing shooting yeah, skills. Lovely. Not to my potential new boyfriend, but of course, to James Milner. Yeah, right? of course. So I threw the ball so hard, it hit the plastic at the front, rebounded and hit me square in the face. I hit the ground like Harry Kane in the penalty area. Ooh. And James Milner took one look, laughed at me and walked off. I love the thought of James Milner, A, in an arcade, yep. at a bowling alley, B, <laughs> like he spends his life, since he was six years old, yeah. he spent his life playing ball games, yeah. playing football, doing whatever. He's on some downtime. He's away from work. He's seen the basketball machine. He's gone. That's what I need. I'm, I'm all over that. It's what I'm having. That. Absolutely all over that. Do you know Brilliant. What? We didn't get a name of that story. It was from the mobile mm. number ending 744. Don't so read the you. mobile numbers out. You're meant to give the credit. The Charlie gr- Boy. You <laughs> always say we read the mobile numbers out. People are going to get in touch now. They're, it's just they're so ringing, the person They're knows. ringing that. They're going to put two and two together. They'll be like detectives going, she's a basketball, she's a netball player, she's tall. And yeah. seven four four. They'll they'll be around their Charlie, house now. Troll, if anyone else can guess the rest of that number, I want the lottery numbers <laughs> off them. Right? It's good, though, isn't it? It's good. This we've got another one. Carl, Lovely, from, yeah, Carl from Sunderland. You got this one? Oh no, you read it. Go on. Right. I took my seven-year-old son to his first training session at his new football. He was a keeper. I stood behind the goal to help him. After ten minutes, there were two or three balls in his net, so I decided mm-hmm. to kick them back out. As I kicked the first, caught my foot in the net, ended up flat on my back, much to the amusement of the other parents. Painful. Yeah. As I stood back up, tried to save some face, wayward ball smacked me in the chin, knocking me back to the floor. Now in hysterics from my new friends. Not a good first impression, Carl in Sunderland. Well done, Carl. Have you? Do your children play in any teams? They at do. All? Yeah, my son's twelve. He plays for Kinross Colts. Yeah, and on a Sunday morning, is it a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning? It's a Sunday they play. Yeah. So you look your worst basically on a, on a Sunday morning don't you well not where I live everybody looks I've <laughs> <laughs> all been out for we only drink in days that end in Y Charlie oh, right, okay yeah but it's like you go I've never a group of people you meet when you start a football yeah. and, and it's under sevens I'm just first few weeks it's like the school gates you feel like well oh, I should probably you know make yeah. an effort you know and then by five weeks in yeah. I, I don't think I, I think they've seen me look in my absolute were hung over whatever clothes I can find in the dark just get out the door you know yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean it is quite interesting to see the various states of people turning up on a Sunday morning yeah G in Liverpool's been on in terms of showing off my son when he was about 10 was trying to impress some of the girls <laughs> and decided that the best way to show off would be to lick a bin <laughs> of course I mean, would, it was people would be impressed with that yeah not quite sure he was trying to approve, other than having a great immune system. Safe to say, 
Uh, when we want to wind him up now, he's age 15, we refer to him as the bin licker. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not sure how nice that is. I'm sure he loves it, though, doesn't he? Here he is. Yeah, that's Here fantastic. He is. Have you ever licked a bin? 81089. <laughs> What's it with you and bins? Well, you, people like bin content. Yeah, what did you do shouting at bins the other day? What bins is it this week? Yeah. Gordon, what have you got around your way? Well, what bins well, is it this week? Recycling? I live in a flat in London, yeah. so I, I just empty them every day. Just it? every day, is every it? Day. What a luxury that is. Yeah, it's the way to deal with it. <sighs> Unbelievable. Scotland, it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays Yeah, for the green bin. Then the Twice a week? No, no, uh, once every fortnight for the recycling. Charlie, people are loving this. They, Do you see the, the People noise like of... bin content. <laughs> bin they like content. bin content, don't get me wrong. Oh, there's a few in here as well. Uh, Gareth says, uh, showing off to a lovely lady in Mallorca. I oh, raced yeah. another lad into the sea, right into the large waves, dived through the wave at full speed, hit my head in a sandbank, breaking my neck in two places. Quite an abrupt Ooh. end to Gareth's story, much like his dive through the big wave. Ow. Gareth. Yeah. You have a ever broken a bone because I never have so I will be judging you if you have Gordon almost every bone in my body have you I'm full of metal and broken bone it became a running joke in the family that I'd phone up from hospital saying can you come and pick me up I've broken something else why is that how, and how was that were you I a think I made a or no made of biscuits I'm just a bit oh, soft right. I think so every time I play football I break a bone Do I've you? just jinxed Thursday night as well haven't I? Yeah, yeah. No, I've got two screws in my elbow eight yeah. screws in my right leg a metal plate in my right leg I've broken toes fingers ribs nose cheek uh, what else? Yeah, just about everything. This is amazing. Hand, wrist, yeah, quite a lot. Is it just is it, do you think it's? Do you get to the point where you think it's your fault? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just became quite. You know the feeling when you've broken a bone as well. There's quite a, you know, even had like a subtle one, like breaking your finger. You're Never like, done it. Broken that. That's that's going to be. I sore. judge people who've had broken bones. I judge. Them. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm very judgy. I, of people who've broken bones, I think why? you are why? weak. Yes. Get you with your why? weak bones. Maybe tell me if there's a correlation here, right? I don't drink milk. Oh. Do you think that's played a part in the well, calcium maybe. deficiency? Maybe. Well, I don't know. Ask some vegans. They'd tell you not. Right. They'd tell you not. But I think, you know, I think it's your fault and I judge you yep. for breaking so many bones. So there we are. Here's what Lee and St. Johnson says. Uh, at a park in Tulloch, this is in Perth, I was 10 years old, trying to impress some girls, jumped off the tyre swing at height. No one... <laughs> oh, hang on. He's ended up saying, yeah, broke my wrist is the, the punchline to that story. But that's quite a common one, that, A lot of it? people. Yeah. Showing off the girls seems to be quite a common theme here, Charlie. Uh, the PFA Scotland Awards have just been announced. Yes. Uh, and they've, they've just been put on our WhatsApp group. Yes. I'm just going to tell you some of them now. Um, and uh, in the Women's Player of the Year nominees in, for Glasgow City mm-hmm. is Priscilla Chinchilla. Priscilla Chinchilla. Is she, I've, I've, do you know, have you ever heard of this uh, woman before? Of course I do. Yeah. I've, I mean, I'm not up to date on my Glasgow City players. But, Great uh, player. Great player. A wand of a left and right foot. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Great player. <laughs> Good, good news, point. good news. It's all uh, about Erin Cuthbert. She's the best player. I'm a big fan of Erin. Has she been... She plays uh, for Chelsea. She she has got one of the best left feet. I've these, seen are Scottish, these are Scottish PFA players of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Lizzie Arnott for Rangers. Yes. And uh, Charlie Wellings for Celtic. So... Yeah. Uh, Good balance. Pretty good. The old oh, yeah, exactly. There we are. Back in 05, I won the opening eight games in our local pool league. Our next game, I was playing a lady who'd never picked up a cue in her life who was playing as a replacement. I played around being cocky and I thought I had two shots on the black. I did not. I set her up and I lost. Well, that's your own fault, Owen. It is. Exactly. Paul showing off is never good showing off, is it? Good showing off. Uh, Craig from Cannock. I'm going to have to edit this as I read it. Oh, so okay, go on. Went to the V Festival one year and there was a stall where you had to hit a ball through some holes. Walked up to the ball uh, and I panenka it through the top middle hole. And I was in a, a rather special space. So uh, I ran off shouting Pirlo. 
And I believe at that point, Craig then realised people were booing him. <laughs> really, just we, getting a little bit too big for his we, boots. We can't tell the whole story of that one. Can we? I is think that Craig that imagined that at V Festival. And that's that's what <laughs> happened in his head. But the truth <laughs> of the matter was he probably ran up shouting Pirlo at people. Just to sleep in some of those really deep toilets <laughs> that we don't talk about at festivals. Awful no. toilets, awful toilets. There we are, no way. No yeah, they're way. good. I'm keeping them coming in. Pride before a fall. That's what we're talking about here. Did you try and show off? Did you go for a panenka like last night yeah. for Real Madrid? And it backfired spectacularly we'd love to know about that if you get in touch 81089 TSH&J on Twitter you can even call us as well if you want Charlie can you 03717 is always the talk sport number isn't it Sarah from Worcester the Baggies fan was the number ending 744 Sarah Whitehouse number yes. ending 744 she's a big uh, well, not basketball uh, netball player yep a goal attack there she is Baggies fan as well lovely stuff work, See, it, that's out from, why work it, it out from there Sarah Whitehouse is delighted about that thank you Sarah for saying that it was a great story brilliant stuff the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Unmistakable level 42. What a riff that is. You're just doing a bit of slap bass to oh, pretend yeah, to be marking. You have to mind the slap bass. You can't do it. You can't can listen you to a song without doing it's it. It's the you? law. Well, listen. I wonder if Mark himself, we'll ask him in a minute. We'll ask what him if he himself mind slap that does air bass? Of course he does. Of course, of course, he, course does. he does. Gordon Smart and Charlie Baker, we're in for H&J this week. The boys will be back next week. But today, we're taking the reins and we thought we'd get some music royalty on. 80s music royalty. He's got big, big tour dates to talk mm. about to us this afternoon. So let's introduce him with no further ado. Mr Mark King, Level 42 bassist, good friend of TalkSport as well. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Good afternoon. Hello, lads. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Sensational. Mark, Mark I've got a question for you, right? I've, I've been very yeah. fortunate to interview a lot of musicians over the years. And on Saturday night, we had uh, Tyson Fury at Wembley. Then yesterday, we spoke to Noel Gallagher about it. It's a, a spectacle in a stadium like that. What's your greatest oh, yeah. stadium memory as a musician? Oh, it will be opening for Madonna Oof. on her... Uh, 1987 tour I, uh, I can't remember the name of the tour but we we got to play a lot of the big stadiums in the states and yeah. we played soldiers field in chicago i think mm. and 112,000 people uh were there primarily to see madonna uh, not surprisingly but it was um, you know, that that when you get... Uh, I remember going to see Dolly Parton at, at uh, Glastonbury mm. a few years back, about 2015, I think, 2016 maybe, uh, and that there were 200,000 people in the field there. And it's it's an incredible thing. It, it sort of changes from an arena show, which is kind of handleable, but then when you get up to this massive thing, there is just this collective vibe and... Um, I just, I'm a massive fan of festivals all round that uh, if we're not playing them, and thank goodness we, we still do, uh, my wife and I, we, we go and enjoy festivals. You know, it's such a lovely thing to do. Yeah, I can't remember who it was that said it to me. A musician once said, when you play in a stadium or a huge festival like that, the crowd just looks like beans and toast, right? But when you play <laughs> when you play a smaller yeah. gig, you can see the whites of people's eyes mm. and you can see the reaction to every move. But you're a seasoned campaigner. You've been doing this for years. Do they make you more nervous, those smaller gigs, when you're much more intimate? Um, no, not really. I, I have to say that I've always been, uh, I've always been somebody that, that, that gets nervous before any show, 
um, you know, whether it's big or small. And there's 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 always this sort of lovely thing about when you actually take to the stage, it somehow disappears and it, it feels like this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is like your gig, you know. So I, I but I always have the, the, the sort of the butterflies before we go on. And, um, you know, j- just today I, I dragged the bass out for the first time in a while mm. to, to start prepping for the festivals that we've got coming up. Um, that begin at the end of May, and uh, we're doing a Let's Rock uh, in Dalkeith. And then we've got the Cambridge Club Festival coming up Mm. uh, 10th of June. And so, you know, these festivals then go hopping on through most weekends throughout the summer, and then come September, we're off to Japan. We've got 10 shows over there. And these were shows that were were in the, the diary back in 2020, but as we all know, you know, circumstances prevailed and, um, you know, they just got postponed and then postponed again. So it's going to be lovely to actually get there and, and do do the shows that have been in their diary for quite a while now. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you were on the Madonna Who's That Girl World Tour in 1987. There, there were 38 yeah. shows. I'm on Wikipedia now. And it says the show started with a performance by level... 42. As their performance ended, the lights started blinking all around the stadium and Finch appears on stage looking for Madonna. There we are. That's what you were doing in 1987. Pretty exciting. It was exciting too. And um, it's strange that that, that I should have brought that up because I was just watched uh, 21 Grams last night and Sean Penn, who was uh, her husband at the time, um, I, I sort of got a chance to have a drink with him uh, you, you know, and he, he's a very interesting guy to talk to and a fantastic actor, too. I've got I, I think every film he's in is a bit of a corker, you know, yeah. but he, he was a lovely, uh, you know, a, a lovely man to speak to. And uh, I think I might have been the worst for wear on drink. So I apologize, oh. Sean, for, for that. But, oh, you're in good um, company here, Mike. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, your big, your big we, hits. We've r- all done it. Your big hits, Running in the Family and Lessons in Love. Do you, When it gets to them in the set list... Do you, are you, some musicians go, oh, I just don't want to play it. I never want to have to play it ever, ever again because they've played it a million times. Or do you go, no, this is the what a lot, you know, 50% of the fans want. They want this and you enjoy the hit. Yeah, uh, and, and I've, I've, I have no problem playing the songs at all. You know, that the, it, it's such a privilege really to be able to get up and especially after all these years um, and play the songs. And you know, you're playing songs that people know and, uh, you know, one of the terrifying things as being a young musician and you're trying to get out there and establish yourself yeah. and, and get some kind of catalogue going is the fact that people don't know your music. They're not mm-hmm. familiar with it. So it's a, it's a real joy when you go out on stage and you see people's faces light up, you know, when, when the opening chords to these songs start. So I, I never have a problem uh, you know, playing playing the back catalogue. It's, uh, yeah. it's a treat, really. I'm glad you mentioned that, Mark, because I think it's important to send a little message to younger musicians who are listening and go for a little bit of advice. And I listened to, I think you were on with Jim White for an hour not that long ago on Talks. Oh, uh, yeah, good old Jim. How's old he doing? Is he's he all right? he's yeah. sensational, yeah. He's in great form, Jim. Yeah, he's just as combative <laughs> as ever. But, you know, when I listened to Jim, he was talking to you about all the great moments in your career. But I think young people can learn from the mistakes, right, Mark? So the question I have for you is not about your best gig, not about the most spectacular moment, in a stadium it's actually what is the worst gig level 42 have played or you've oh, been involved yeah. in 
Uh, oh, um, well, yeah, okay. Well, I, I do remember back in, uh, I think it would have been about 1981, we, we'd got booked to play at a young farmer's uh, convention. Mm. This is uh, like character building uh, stuff, Mark. This is what yeah, we want. In, in Blackpool. And uh, these were the days when, you know, it, it really worse. was the, the transit van. We actually had a Leyland EA350, which was mm, an nice. old 10... Thames gas board van and uh, so we've sort of bombed all the way up to Blackpool and got in to do this young farmers do and they all of them were so drunk um it, it really didn't matter uh what what we were playing and then one of them thought it would be a great jape to uh, you know about third song in uh let off stink bombs <laughs> so st- standing on stage playing to a bunch of young drunk farmers um you know while trying not to retch because of the stench of uh, <laughs> rotting <laughs> eggs was you know was was quite horrible and uh boone gould bless him the guitarist and my old songwriting pal uh he, he always said that that's the worst gig he's he's ever played you know but if i have to go back to 1981 to remember them yeah. Uh, remember it then it, that's pretty good going you know there's, there, there's qu- something great about every gig really absolutely there's another question i'd love to ask you about that because i was trying to think of an equivalent a modern day equivalent of level 42 or a band at the top of the charts and there's one i could think of royal blood because it's all about the rhythm section it's a bass guitarist and a drummer and they were second on the bill at glastonbury a few years ago and i remember the drummer ben thatcher saying it was a special moment when he looked over his shoulder and lars ulrich from metallica was watching him but then the added <laughs> pressure of having your hero watch you yeah so for, yeah so yeah they're, you they're really quite something. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Royal Blood too. Yeah. You know that they're that they're fantastic guys, and I, I met them briefly at uh, uh, BBC Six Music when they were kind of just breaking through, and uh, you know the all, all power to them. That that the whole riff thing that they've got going, you know, with the bass and he goes through, mm. uh, <laughs> you know, an octavider, and so it sounds like a guitar, and that's coming out of a Marshall amp. You know, it's really really impressive. Yeah, the question I was going to ask you about that was: Has there been a moment when you're on stage and maybe one of your idols looked over your shoulder? Because yeah. the lineup at the Cambridge Club Festival, you know, there's a good chance Niall Rogers will be watching. Diana Ross is on the bill as well, isn't she? So that adds an extra pressure if you look over your shoulder and you've got somebody like that watching. Yeah, well, you know, the um, when we were recording at Psalms sort of many moons ago, uh, I was on the phone to somebody. This is sort of pre-mobile, so yeah, it was just like a phone on the wall, and. Um, this sort of, t- I got a tap on the shoulder and I turned around and it was Diana Ross. She was just oh, popping in to have a look around the studio and she was, she seemed very sweet. And say, you, it come, was, you come in out. It, it's one of these, well, it was one of those sort of times when you, you know, the person you're talking to on the phone, you go, oh, hang on a minute. And then, oh, sorry, that was Diana Ross. And it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's just one there. Um, yeah, Heroes, uh, another, I got another tap on the shoulder doing a Prince's Trust show and this is a sound check and uh, uh this voice so i got tapped on the shoulder and it went mark king how lovely to meet you and he wasn't from birmingham i know but it was paul mccartney oh and, lovely uh, yeah it was Amazing. absolutely fantastic what a bass and, player uh, and to think that 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 he even knew my name was uh, mm, really head, heady stuff. Yeah, excellent stuff. Well, Mark, can we could talk to you all afternoon? Level yeah, forty two basis, and we should just remind everyone: Cambridge Club, you're doing that, yep, yeah, in the summer. Yeah, Cambridge yeah, Club Cambridge Festival. Club, um, uh, Friday the tenth of June, excellent. and it's a fantastic lineup. It's going to be 
really really quite something and so you know after these grim days everybody get out there and and enjoy yourselves because yeah. you don't know what's around the corner do you good man mark king stuff. great words thanks very much for that there is mark king level 42 basis music legend i think charlie we're going to play a little bit now oh, aren't we nice how about this something about you level 42 and if you're not playing air bass right now then that's air bass, everyone. here we go let's go here we go Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Go on, Charlie, open that bag of Eminem. Eminem gets through the last hour, you see. He's got another hour to Breaking do. all the rules. That's Charlie Baker there, feasting, gorging himself. Not gorging myself, just having a little bit of sustenance. Get us through the last hour, keep the energy up, drive it into drive with Andy Goldstein later on. He's always on, Charlie always Baker. On. Always 81089. on. 8-10-89, get in, get in touch. 03717-2334. What are you doing between now and four o'clock? <laughs> That's Charlie Baker. That was a local radio DJ for you. Okay. Standing Andy Jacobs and I'm Gordon Smart <laughs> your pound shop Paul Hawksby thank you very much for your company this week it's been a pleasure being here mm. uh, we're here till uh, 4 o'clock today and then back tomorrow and Friday as well please do get in touch with us 81089 we'd love to hear from you on Twitter as well TSH and J if you'd like to give us a shout uh, and Charlie we've been having a laugh today haven't we about uh, the, uh, off the back of Benzema's penalty mm. last night and his wonderful Penenka ice cool Penenka beautiful but it uh, so often goes wrong when you try and show off like that and you end up with egg in your face if Penenka hadn't scored his penalty when yep. he tried to do that it wouldn't be cool it'd be someone else wouldn't it Cause someone else would have tried him or would anyone have ever tried it ever again because they'd have gone they'd have gone oh that Penenka tried that I'm never going to try that it's a good it's a very yeah, I good wonder, point, I wonder, would a Penenka be a Penenka if Penenka hadn't tried it I like your cup half full view of that yeah. wonderful moment in sport <laughs> <laughs> we've had so many great uh, ideas or comparisons to that moment Senator. Mm. so uh, here's one for you my mate nipped to the loo opposite the entrance to the Nemesis ride at Alton Towers Nemesis. The mind already boggles. Are you the voice of Nemesis? No, no, I'd like to be. There we go. There you ride, Nemesis. Nemesis. (laughs) He thought it would be cool to scissor jump the low wall in front to save time and look cool. We know where this is going, Mm. don't we? However, he landed taking the end of his elbow off. Sounds quite extreme. And much to the hilarity of us, his missus and about 100 onlookers. He was, I love this detail, he was 46 years old at the time. 46 years old. This is the thing, when you get to 45, 46, you, your body doesn't do the things your mind thinks it can still yeah, do, you know. Exactly, Charlie. Yeah. As we will see tomorrow when we play five-a-side football together. Exactly. I did a Penenka. This is uh, Chris Jones in Wolverhampton. I did a Penenka in a cup game at nil-nil. It hit the bar, dropped straight back at me, but I couldn't touch the ball. As the law states, it has to touch another player before I can touch the ball. Is Correct. That right? Yeah. Manager said to me at half-time, if I do that again, I'd have to look for another team to play for. Luckily, we won one and I got the winner Chris Jones there covering Jones. himself yeah. in glory well done Chris and we've only got his word for it so. I know who knows if any of that happened yeah. he may have been sitting there and going what's a good story about a penenka that was definitely I suppose the Thierry Henry and Robert Pires remember that when he rolled oh, yeah, the ball to him the ball and, you tried to, and they messed there it up go. they tried a new penalty have you got an example 8 10 89 a time you tried to show off and you ended up with egg in your face we would mm. love to hear from you 8 10 89 now Charlie you want to talk like to me I'd like to also people to get in touch if they've ever actually found they had egg on their face <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? No. Just for the last hour, this is the new shouting at bins. And I had had actual egg on my face. Oh, Charlie. 
81089. That's a good one, Gordon. I'm learning every day. Every day is a school day with Charlie Baker. <laughs> oh, man. Now, listen, I've put everything... We used to have this saying in Scottish newspapers where we had English content, but in the Scottish edition, we would thistle it up. Oh, lovely, That's what yeah. Could you yeah. just put a thistle on that? Put mm. a kilt on it. Oh, lovely. That was the technical term. And if I you like it, then you better put a kilt on it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I get the sense a lot of people at home are thinking he's going on about Hibs again. He's going on about Scotland again. It's no, Kieran people. Tierney. It's no, Billy they Gilmore. Love it. They love it. It's Tell Andrew, us about Kenny Douglas. Andy Robertson. It's Kenny Douglas. But now I'm going to turn to you, Charlie Baker, and you're going to head to the southwest of the country. It's West Country News. What's the equivalent of putting a kilt on it in the southwest? I put a pasty on it. Put a pasty on it. <laughs> put a bit so of pasty on put it. Put a pasty on H and J for me, please, Charlie. Of course. Uh, Taunton Town. They tweeted out earlier on, and this was what they tweeted out: okay. a missing, missing corner flag. Right. If you have our corner flag <laughs> and post could you please return it to the club for our remaining events it'll be signed and returned to you once events have finished at the signet for this season now Taunton have had an excellent season Taunton mm-hmm. Town they secured the title in the Southern League Premier 21-22 congratulations to them uh, someone then tweeted them uh, to be fair I did steal your ball when we played for you and he's got a match ball there and that's Dom Spencer Todd Dom Todd played for them stole the ball Apparently they got the corner flag back Good. pretty quickly, Good. but let's speak to them anyway. Why not? Let's do it. Okay, we've got Daniel Howell, who is the media officer at Taunton Town. Daniel, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Right, Charlie, come on then. Do the interrogation. Find out what's happened to you. So, what, so I'm assuming there was when you won the Southern League Premier South up in Taunton, they like, I'm going to have that flag. There's a flag. Get it. What happened? They get on the pitch. They nicked it. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a fantastic, fantastic occasion. We won the league. Um, a pitch invasion followed, and I, I, I mean, I did notice the corner flag sort of parading around. Mm. Um, we didn't think much of it, and then sort of a couple of days later, uh, the chairman uh, Kevin Sturmey dropped me a message and said, "It has gone missing. We do need it back." Mm. Um, I mean, as a result, we put the tweet out, not not thinking much of it, um, more of an innocent tweet that we just just needed the corner flag back. Um, but and then suddenly the phone's blown up. Yeah, it went wild. Now, well, do you not have five corner flags? Do you not have a spare just in case? <laughs> that, that's not something I've asked. I mean, maybe it's something for, for future preference. It's not something we've sort of prepared for. So I might have to, um, you know, make yeah. make a note of that for the next meeting. Daniel, I want, to, I want to know if Taunton Town have now got a song for the flag. Oh yeah, that'd be that's nice. got to be the next thing. There's a campaign for you. There must yeah. be. There must be. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past the supporters for doing that. Um, I'm sure there will be. Will definitely be a song for the corner flag very soon. Yes, yeah, interesting. Uh, just for anybody who doesn't really know the geography here, anybody north of the border, how far is Taunton from Trago Mills, Charlie? Oh well, well which Trago? Oh, I don't know. There's a couple of Tragos. You see, there's right. one in there's one in Merthyr Tydfil, okay. but the two there's one in Devon and Newton Abbott, just outside Newton Abbott. There's also one in uh, Cornwall. Yeah, okay. And the best one is the Newton Abbott one, as we all know, the Pound Shop Disney. There we are. So Taunton, quite a long way from okay. Thanks, probably Charlie. equidistant to a few different Trago Mills. If you want to get in Trago, thanks, Charlie. Specific, uh, but you've got the corner flag back. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, a random supporter called, um, his name's Steve. Um, oh, Steve, sounds dodgy. Yeah. And he's dodgy Steve, got your flag. I mean, he's, he's, you know, we had a big crowd and it was a supporter that has has uh, come quite regularly. Um, but yeah, thank, thankfully the uh, the corner flag has now returned to the ground. And um, yeah, so we've thankfully got all four back together. Yeah. Reunited. I, I can I just say, Daniel, I'm quite surprised by the brazen criminality that's on show on Twitter here because... Uh, uh, 
I don't know if I should say his name or not, but he sent a picture with this caption. He says, to be fair, I stole your ball yeah. when we played you. And Dumb there's a picture top. of a size 5 FIFA uh, quality approved Taunton Town FC 21-22 match ball. Yeah. And we can actually see his hand. He looks like a guy who bites his nails. Um, <laughs> shall we give his... No, let's not give his name he away. You would bite Just... your nails watching Taunton Town. <laughs> well, not, yeah. not this season, they're the champions. I know your big, your big uh, rivalry is uh, Tiverton Town, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So How did you get on in the, in the derbies this year? Yeah, so I mean, uh, we won both of them. The um, the derby um, at Tiverton was our second to last uh, penultimate game. Um, so you know, it was needed to take it into the into the final day oh, in a position to win the league. Excellent. Stuff. Um, so it's fantastic. Um, I mean, thankfully, the ball's not going to be necessary next year going into the national league. Um, so you know you can keep hold of that for um, for their for their team for next season. Excellent, that's the kind of benevolence we love to hear from. So, Tom what will you be in the National League South next year? Will you? Yeah, so oh, fantastic! That's Excellent. brilliant. Yeah. Some big teams there. Yeah, fantastic. First time we'll be up in, into the National League South, so it, yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic time to be at the club. Excellent. Well, stuff. congratulations, that's brilliant. There he is, Daniel Howell. Thank you very much, media officer at Taunton Town. I'm actually on my way to Tiverton Parkway next oh, week, lovely. going down to visit. Um, so maybe I'll pop in and steal those corner flags again. And Taunton Town, they they won their league, obviously, and that is the only success any West Country team has had this year. So that's good. We can draw a line across that now. So Excellent. We, we don't have to talk about any other West Country teams because none of them. No, there's about any success. I've thistled it up, I've kilted it up, and you've now... You passed it up, so we're all over it. It's lovely. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.